Well, good morning again. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Jay Gardner. I work with the junior high here. Uh, so you senior high folks may not know who I am, but without further ado, here I am. Uh, let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for another day, another Sunday, Lord. We come together and we remember and we rejoice um, that your son raised for the, from the dead for us. Uh, but just thank you so much for the life and abundance of gifts that you've given us in Christ. We pray now, Lord, that um, through art and film, and most of all through your word and by your spirit, uh, that we'll see more clearly who you are and who we are and um, how you love us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, so week three, uh, I picked Wally. How many people have seen Wally? Okay, pretty good. I won't ask you to re-raise your hand for those of you who like it. Amongst a lot of my friends, Wally's kind of not popular. I think it's sort of whimsical, strange. There's not a lot of dialogue, uh, which is totally up my alley. Uh, a lot of my friends don't like it. Um, I think Sarah made a good point last week about the insufficiency of our ability to depict or illustrate or offer an analogy to the gospel. The gospel is so much bigger than what we can comprehend and what we can explain. But at the same time, uh, we can only hope that it touches down somewhere where we can know God and, and, and know Him personally in our lives and, like I said, in art form and in film. Uh, so I'll start off, show a little clip, introduce you to Wally, um, sort of the plot of Wally for those of you who maybe have not seen it. Um, we're living sort of a post-apocalyptic Earth. Earth's basically been abandoned. Um, the human race has littered it and destroyed it with, um, you know, fuel and trash and, and what have you. So they've left and they've got their colony in space and they've left uh, behind these robots to clean it up, Wally being one of them. Uh, so I'll, show, I'll start off with a clip showing you Wally. Grab those lights. Pulls up. I don't know the dreaded pinwheel. Right. So this is Wally at work. Put on your Sunday clothes. There's lots of world out there. Get out the brilliant team and dime
All right, that's just a little introduction to Wally and his task of cleaning up Earth. Um, and you notice, I, I stopped there, but he's, he's about to play with his little cockroach friend. Something about Wally, though, he's got his task, he's got the law before him. Um, and I'll show you more about this in a second, but Wally's relational. He's not so much about doing his task and doing it blindly or doing it um, in such a way where he's bored and dulled. Um, he does it because he loves, he loves what he does, and he has a good appreciation for it. Let me... Navigate to the next spot here, pardon me. That's good. All right. This shows Wally sort of his appreciation and wonder of what he's getting to do. Um, here we are. So now you got a good feel for who Wally sort of is. Um, I'll just sit if that's okay um, for now. Um, he comes home each day from work, collects his things with him, and he, you know, he's got the spork and the Rubik's cube. I mean, he loves he loves his job. He loves his stuff. But you see in that that last clip there um, how relational Wally is. He he doesn't have anybody around except the little cockroach. Uh, and he sees in this this classic film. Maybe I don't know what it is. Anybody know what that is? Okay, sorry, I'm not cultured in that sense by any means. Um, he's longing for a relationship, and this next clip I'm introduce you to Eve, who's the other main the main player here in Wally. Um, flip to that real quickly, and you'll see a difference between Wally and Eve. Wally is relational, um, whereas Eve she's she's really about her task. Um, she's not interested in others in the way that Wally is. Sorry. All right, that's a good spot. 
So Wally and Eve have met, and Wally, of course, falls in love with her. If it plays. Come on, pinwheel. Sometimes if you exit. Sorry. Camera is failing on me. Uh-oh. You might want to close any of those apps you don't need. Okay. So like Firefox, everything? Yeah, close everything. All right, so just Apple quit or Q? Is yeah. that how you do it? There we go, there we go, there we go. Uh-oh. Okay. There we are. Praise the Lord. Sorry, I failed to mention Eve's task. Her task is to come back to Earth and find if there's any life forms, so plants or animals, anything like that. Um, so that's important to know. That's her task. So here you'll continue to see Wally's, Wally's love for the other, his appreciation of the other, his devotion.
And off the space they go. Uh, so that was kind of a long clip. But I really wanted you to see the the attention and the posture that Wally has towards Eve. You know, he continues to do his task. You see, he's cleaning the trash, putting it up, but he's he's got Eve on his mind. Whereas Eve, I didn't show you other, all the clips. I mean, it's impossible to show you everything. But Eve is so interested in her directive, her task, what she's got going on. She's not interested in Wally at all. Um, n no concept of the other. And you'll see that here in this clip. Sorry, Cameron. I know it's up and down, up and down. But once we get past it, we will be there. Um, so even even through all of their short history here, where Wally's been you know devoted to to Eve, Eve's still only interested in one thing, um, and that's her ability to follow the law and her task. Come on, there we go. There we go. Same procedure. I think I keep breaking it. Well, maybe we'll see Eve. I don't know. Any word of advice? Anybody? They're not, but see, I'm trying to click the DVD player. All right. Didn't let me close it. There we go. Thank you. 
See, okay, so she's not interested in him at all. I mean, she is completely bound to her duty. Um, this is a good time to segue. Hopefully now the PowerPoint is still up. All right, excellent. Um, so I wanted to frame this whole discussion with really the law, um, our ability to follow the law, our attempt to follow the law, and how it causes us to sometimes neglect the other. Uh, so this is a reading from Galatians 5.1 and then 13 through 15. Um, so, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to, the, to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Um, I could have gone, I think Wally, it seems so obvious, creation care, you know, taking care of the planet, God's good will for creation, um, that seemed a little too obvious. I wanted to really focus on God's um, communal nature, his relational nature in himself, and even in the giving of the law, it wasn't so that we could, I mean, maybe in one sense it was, we become holy like God, uh, but I think if you, you look in Exodus when he gives the law, it's because he wants Israel to become a priest to all nations, it's, it's a relational aspect. Uh, the law is given not for us to um, justify ourselves and become something that we want to become, but it's, it's for the purpose of, in God's good relational character, giving of himself. He wants us to give of ourselves as well to, to the other. That's something that Eve doesn't get yet. Um, and hopefully, hopefully by this next clip, you'll see that she learns that. Maybe. We'll get the lights one more time. Thanks. All right, so Eve's starting to now realize the grace that Wally's been giving her all along. She's uh, She lost her memory when she was closed up, and this is a moment where she recovers it. Assuming. Yeah, that's happening to me every time. So if I just let it sit, it should resolve itself. Okay. Yeah, I should should just close that PowerPoint altogether. Maybe. I think that. Good grief. Okay, so she's seen the good, the goodness in Wally, and, and I think um, as a result of that, maybe maybe she's been set free. You know, Paul talks about being set free from the law. Uh, we're only set free when Christ sets us free. It's nothing that we do in ourselves. And I think in a response to what Wally's done, now she sees the goodness. Uh, in, in similar fashion, we don't pull up our bootstraps to be set free from the law or be set free from our own need to justify ourselves. Uh, it's in response to what Christ has done for us. Um, so flipping back here to the PowerPoint. Uh, 
Uh, here's another reading from Philippians. And I wanted to juxtapose these two texts, and I'll show you why in a minute, but I'll, I'll read this once more. Uh, so Philippians 2, 1 through 8. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, uh, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. All right. Um, they have this language of servant, how Christ humbled himself and became a servant for us. And so all throughout Wally, this is a, I mean, I hate to compare Wally to Christ. It sounds so cheap. Um, but Wally's been a servant. Um, he hasn't been obsessed with whether or not he's been keeping the law or whether or not he's you know, justified himself. He's outwardly focused. He's, he's a servant. Um, and I wanted to frame this discussion in light of our, our view of sanctification, what Martin Luther has to say about sanctification. I think that uh, throughout the tradition, there's been a focus on the self with sanctification. I think Luther rightly focuses it outwardly, uh, away from the self. You know, we've been freed from the law, we've been freed from feeling like we've got to fulfill the law. Um, so let's read this quote. A little long, please forgive me. Um, so this comes from Luther's writing, The Freedom of a Christian. He says, this is the proper response of a Christian to what God has done for us, becoming a servant. He says, although I'm unworthy and condemned person, my God has given me in Christ all the riches of righteousness and salvation without any merit on my part. God has done this in an act of free and pure mercy so that I now need nothing except faith that trusts that it is true. Given such a father who overwhelms me with riches beyond number, why should I not freely, joyfully, with all my heart, and an eager will do things that I know are pleasing and acceptable to him. I will therefore give myself as a Christ to my neighbor, just as Christ offered himself to me. I will do nothing in this life except what is profitable, necessary, and life-giving for my neighbor, since through faith I have an abundance of all good things in Christ. Um, so he doesn't use the word sanctification there, but he's framing this in that discussion. There's a much bigger context going on here. Um, but he talks about being a Christ to the neighbor. Um, giving myself, doing what is necessary and life-giving for my neighbor. And why does he do that? Not so he can justify himself, not because he's obligated to do it. He's free. We've been set free from the law. We've been set free from the need to perform. Um, but in an act of gratitude, what God has done for us, this is the appropriate response. It's all that we can help but do. And that's what sanctification is, according to Luther, and I, I think that's a good, good reading of what sanctification Instead of focusing on, okay, how can I be holy like God? How can I not smoke and drink and, and dance? I come from a tradition that all those things you didn't do. Um, instead of focusing on, okay, how do I appear to others? Luther's saying, that's not God's nature, to stand off and be standoffish. And, I mean, he is holy, but we're serving a God who, what, what, did, what did God do? He didn't stand off. He came near. He got his hands dirty for us, um, for our sake. That's in his own nature. He's, he's relational. So we talk a lot about, in our liturgy, you know, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. In God's own nature, throughout all time, He's He's been in relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's extending that to us. Um, so I hope I don't know. Maybe that helps you a little bit thinking about sanctification. Instead of how can I become clean? How can God set me apart for His purpose? And what is His purpose that we know Him? Um, 
And how do we know him? Because Christ came to us. It's nothing that we did. So Luther's saying, all I can do is give back for what Christ has done for me. I don't have to be something I'm not by being clean. Um, sanctification is God's using me for his purpose. So one last clip from Wally, and then we'll have a, a short discussion, hopefully, assuming this works. One more time. Um, give you a little bit of context here. So we talked about Eve coming to terms with the grace that's been given to her. Uh, and now we see her respond as a result. And I know I'm leaving out so much. Hopefully, for those of you who've seen the movie, it's not too confusing. All right, that's close enough. I'm not going to... That's our last clip there. All right, so you notice there, you notice there, 
that Eve has now realized, hey, this, this task of mine, this directive, um, it's not as important as Wally, who's in front of me. Uh, it's not as important as the other. Um, I worked all summer for a moving company called Two Minute Truck, and I've, I've realized something. Everyone knows that I'm, you know, the youth, the youth pastor. I'm the Christian. I mean, they know that about me. And I've tried so hard not to live into that in such a way where I turn the other off, like I'm the clean, holy person. Um, that turns people off when they think that they can't approach you because you're you're more righteous, more holy. And I'm certainly not. I mean, I'm, I'm not. Um, but they they think that about me if I'm not careful. So I try so hard to to not be so interested in the task or my directive about following the law. I'm, I'm interested in the neighbor. Um, and not because I, I have it figured out, but that's what, that's what Jesus did, right? What did Jesus get accused of? Being a drunkard and a glutton. You know, he wasn't, but he got accused of that because he hung out with the people who did. He wasn't interested in, you know, separating himself out and being this holy. I mean, he is holy, right? He is. But we got to reconstruct what we think of holiness. I think we tend to think of this angry God holding his hand out saying, I'm, I'm better than you. But that's not what Jesus demonstrates who God is. And we have to believe that when Jesus came, that's the fullness of who God is. And what did he do? He got his hands dirty for us. Uh, he didn't stand apart from us. He came near. He died on a cross for us. He, he humbled himself so low that he would die. Um, and all we can do is respond to that in gratitude and, and offer that to the other. So if you're at school or if you're at work uh, and you're known as that Christian person, hopefully people will see you as not the Christian who doesn't smoke or drink or chew or whatever the saying is, but the Christian who loves others because Christ loved us. So maybe, hopefully that'll start a discussion in your mind or a conversation with those around you of what sanctification really is. I'm still working through that myself, but I really firmly believe that we put it back, the Christian life and sanctification, back in God's self-giving nature. Um, I think we'll have a better grasp of what it means to be a Christian. So, well, that's all I have. If you want to ask some questions, I hopefully you'll throw a softball here, Cameron. That's a great question. I get that all the time too. A guy I worked with a guy the other day. He's like, "So do you cuss?" I was like, "Well, I try. I try not to, just just because." But no, I, I don't think it's actively try and sin or um, become like the culture. Uh, that's not our response. Um, we still have the law, even though we're not obligated to follow it for justification. You know, God doesn't love us any more or less just because we, you know, cuss or don't cuss. He loves us fully, regardless of what we do. But in light of what He's done. You know, we got to live up to that. Now, your question is, okay, well, how do I relate to the culture? How do I show that I'm not this um, holy roller? I think that being with those people and not saying things like, oh, you shouldn't cuss all the time, I think that's helpful. Uh, instead of condemning all the time, being able to reach out, but not bending and saying, oh, I'm going to be just like you. I don't know if that helps at all. Good question. Yeah, it's not ours in the first place. We can't um, muster it up. I keep talking about pulling up our bootstraps and being something that we're not. Christ has given us fully. Let's go back to the Luther quote here. He says it well. Um, here at the end, he's saying the very last sentence 
uh, the last two lines. Uh, Since through faith I have an abundance of all good things in Christ. Christ has offered me all these good things. I haven't created them for myself. I haven't arranged things in such a way where they've come about. Christ has given it to me. Um, So it's not my holiness. It's not my good gift. It's Christ. And I can only share that. Say that last again. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you very well. Yeah. So, so for those of you, especially youth, I, I would imagine Martin Luther lived in the, the 16th century um, in a context where the, the church, the Western church, you know, the Pope, uh, bishops, that sort of thing, um, he was living in that context. There was no Protestantism yet. There was no uh, sola scriptura, that sort of thing. In, in that context, some people thought that you had to be a certain way and live a certain way and act a certain way for God to love you, the indulgences, what have you. And Luther standing up against it saying, no. Everything that I have as far as being justified and God loving me is because God did it, not because I did it. Um, so, yeah, good, good thought. Any other questions? All right, well, let's, we'll close in prayer. Let's pray. Um, Lord Christ, we worship you for um, who you are and how you've loved us despite our inability Uh, to love you fully, God, or to love you at all for that matter. We thank you for um, your word and how you show us that you've freed us from trying to prove ourselves or trying to win your love, God. We can't do it. You love us despite all of our failures. But Lord, given those uh, failures, I pray that you'll show us um, to love you and to love the neighbor, just like um, you boiled the law down to loving God and loving neighbor. So pray that each of us, Lord, will uh, know you well to represent you well, Lord, but it's not on our our shoulders. You uh, you're going to do it, Lord. We trust you for that. Be with us as we go. In Christ's name, Amen.